meet me when you get the fire. Meet me <laughs> when you are hot. And if not, we got to separate and it's okay. to another episode of Pew Babies, your apostolic millennial podcast. I'm Ron. And I'm Church Clat. And I'm Mike, apostle to the food. And we're excited tonight for another discussion conversation. Yay. Whatever we're doing tonight. (laughs) 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 Um, I don't have an opener this morning, uh, tonight, so, um, Lord, I'm just off track. But how you guys? I do. Okay, first question. I got heavy questions because my mother, no, my mother sent me this video about like critical race theory. Like that's a thing that's been trending on YouTube and (laughs) Mike knows other things. So what what is a Christian's place or should we support this theory they label it as or what do you guys thoughts about that? So let's explain what critical race theory is. So critical racism and Mike Apostle, you can correct me if I'm wrong. So it's this ideology that we should teach about the slave system, the previous, I guess, era of whites and white supremacy to white people mm-hmm. basically saying that hey systemic racism exists this is what it is this is you know how you know you've treated us or how we've been treated over the past centuries right so you're asking should the church be involved in this conversation or what do christians think about this what or? do what is the christian perspective on this because we got the world's perspective the i have to say the liberal side is more so yeah yeah let's just do it and the conservative side is like, no, let's just build our own Black Wall Street. Let's just kind of take our Black kids out of schools and train them like Booker T. Washington did with the Tuskegee College and Bind and how Black people really do hold the power if we just harness the power, blah, blah, blah. How does the church fit into this? Or do we? Should we? Hmm. I don't think we should ever shy away from history. Like, if we have to learn about every other aspect of history, then this is a part of America. You know what I mean? Like, if I have to listen to us talk about World War II or, you know, we learn about the Holocaust, we hear about all these other issues with human rights and injustices. So why don't we have more teaching on what's going on with the Black community? That's a storyline that we still have and that we're still dealing with. You know what I mean? So. Um, I don't think we should stray away from that. And the fact that people feel uncomfortable makes me feel like we should do it even more because until we can talk about these things and not feel uncomfortable about it, it will never be addressed and we'll continue to have systemic racism. Nice. Praise the Lord, everybody. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I agree with Ron on that. Um, it happened. It's our history. Slavery happened. The civil rights movement happened. Um, systemic racism is happening. 
as we speak. So I think we do have to educate even as believers and stuff, we as believers, we stand for truth and that's part of our truth. Um, I, I think it definitely has to be taught. And as a believer, I'm going to stand on the fact that let's teach it. Let's, you know, indoctrinate the kids with it because they need to know what's going on. So what's your thoughts, Clap? Um, I agree with both sides. I mean, I think personally in the church, as it applies to the church, I just wish like racism or that portion was taught in the church and how to deal with it. I don't know if y'all were taught that growing up in church, it was just kind of like, kind of naturally, I guess, ingrained, like white people are this and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's kind of like, we see the history, but like, what, what can we do as a body of Christ to go out and infiltrate the system? So for me, I'm just waiting for the church just to um, teach it in the church. Like it's there. You know, so that we can educate other people as well. Clap raised um, a very valuable point talking about the church, talking about it. But I think the fear is like, especially the black church talking about racism is that, um, you know, in a certain aspect, it's like putting a salt on a wound almost because in this last election, we saw a lot of black churches having to stand up and talk about racism and that added fuel to the fire. I'm, I'm just talking about black you know, apostolic churches, whatever, because we had some of our white counterparts saying that you're not apostolic, you don't vote for such and such, such and such. Those, that's the thing that I think makes it a little scary. Like we start talking about racism in church. Where does that lead us to, you know, does that lead us a little bit more of a, a, a even more divide when we start being honest about, you know, what's going on? Because what I've noticed is that, and I'm going to just keep it 100 for a minute, is that, you know, you can have a black shepherd most of his much the majority of the sheep would be black maybe a few would be white what i noticed is you can have a white shepherd and blacks and whites will follow this particular shepherd and so i think for me it's is one of those things like i don't think it's so much falls on us per se it's a bigger issue that we have to talk about like why is that because i'm sure in in your churches being led by your white shepherds is is the racism is not really being you know addressed that much there and so why do people feel as comfortable you know what i mean does if that makes sense i i like where this conversation is going and i kind of feel like we need to have a whole episode about this yeah, 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 yeah this is like because, a whole <laughs> um, because the other question becomes do white people feel comfortable in a black congregation mm. especially like because i've sat in i've sat in a congregation my parents um they go to a church well they went to a church that had a white preacher my dad was just like i don't want to be here after he started talking about trump and basically telling the saints to vote for him but i've also on the other side have been in black churches where we kind of villainize white people a little bit or we i shouldn't say villainize but also like within our preaching we tend to (laughs) okay but yeah so like there's, there's still that like tension between the two. So I, yeah. I, that's why I yeah. say it starts with the <laughs> I think it starts with the church sometimes because if we yeah. create, say if I had a committee that was like, okay, we're CRT, we're going to go around to these churches, black, white, Hispanic, and teach this. Mm-hmm. Like, why is that wrong? You know, and just putting that buzz in their ears, at least, you know, they can take it, I don't know, wherever they go. I mean, for me, because I mean, real quick, if I had a church, we will be training. I'll be saying, you know, speaking on all these topics. But then I'm like, look, we're going to overtake the government. You, y'all going to become lawyers in this section. Y'all going to become lobbyists. 
this section about to become police officers. We about to be gonna turn this, <laughs> Hey, we about to turn this whole no, this whole city about to be ours. <laughs> we about to move up the ranks to the federal like headquarters. You don't want to be a Supreme Court. But I mean, that's what we got to do. Oh, I, sitting yeah, here I, I get it. Talking and talking and talking. I'm like, look, let's infiltrate the system. Like Ron become, she going to be Supreme Justice one day. I'm just going to speak it over her. But I like the concept. Okay, we got to move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should I mean, I just messed up my <laughs> questions, <laughs> but it's all good. That <laughs> <laughs> ends. Okay. <laughs> Had to close out. Mike, do you have anything for us this week? Uh, Yeah, I do have something for us this week. Going to go back to Maryland. Um, there's a plethora of apostolic churches in Maryland. Um, for those Too many. Um, oh, cut. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I like to tell people that's something for everybody. So we're going to go to uh, Greater Morning Star Apostolic Ministries. Okay. Uh, I agree with that one. Yes. Bishop Charles E. Johnson and Lady Sheila Johnson. Um, and their mission is to share the light of the saving gospel of Jesus Christ to yes, all Lord. walk in darkness. To provide a place of worship that is also a place of comfort, refuge, and refuge for the disconsolate of mind and spirit, delivering them from bondages of oppression through the mighty power of God's word. To feed the hungry, clothe the naked, share the love of God, and lift the hearts of the downtrodden, accomplishing all of the aforementioned by and through the oneness doctrine and all of the teachings of Jesus Christ and his apostles, as God is our refuge and strength and our God forever and ever. Um, right now, they are still virtual. Um, but you can catch their church if you're in the area once they do open. Um, you can catch them at 1700 Richie Marlboro Road, that's Largo, Maryland. Um, they are on Facebook, Greater Morning Start Apostolic Ministries. Also, their website is www.gmsam.org. If you have a uh, apostolic business or apostolic church, please feel free to write us at pewbabies at gmail.com. Back to you, Sister Ron. Amen. Amen. I love Greater Morning Star. I have a few friends that go there. Shout out to them. Okay. Pew Babies. Amen. (laughs) Um, Clap, do you have any announcements for us today? Yeah, I'm going to keep it short. Um, Sorry, guys, for the heavy start. But um, (laughs) we got to come back with the bank. So apparently OWN is announcing Young and Gospel, which is a reality series with Ja'Kalen Carr, Corinne Hawthorne, Hawthorne, Brie, how you say her name? Babineau? Brianna Babineau. Babineau. And Christian rapper Wade. So they said, if you've been praying for a good reality show lately, Oprah, 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 Oprah Winfrey's black, Oprah Winfrey's own has got you covered with uh, an upcoming this upcoming series. And um, look, y'all, I I don't know how I feel about this reality TV shows are slippery slope. So what are you guys' thoughts on it? The line that got me was, if you've been praying for a good reality show, no way. Why would I pray about that? Why would I bother that? Reality TV. I got other stuff to pray for. Yeah. (laughs) Um, We we shall see. Reality TV shows just do not go well with church people. Princess of Atlanta, Mary Mary. Yeah, it actually... (laughs) Not want to listen to him anymore. Mike has a disgust on his face. Yeah, just, let's love Mike. <laughs> he got a sour taste in his mouth. No, right now. I just 
First of all, like I, I don't like reality television anymore. Like you caught me ten years ago. Like I used to watch reality TV, but I just can't do it. Um, but like gospel artists and stuff like that, because what it is, you know, they do, you know, these for ratings at the end of the day, and so they're going to be situations and things pushed on the sh- and narratives pushed on the show that's going to, you know, be a bit for ratings, so people can see it. And my thing would be, you know. Do you really is it worth killing your witness as an artist? Because mm. that's some artists that I can't even like I can listen to them, but it's just like I just listen to them. I never take them seriously. Um, there's a gospel artist I think about who Diedrich Haddon. Diedrich Haddon, but I remember Leandria um was on Preachers of Atlanta. Yeah. Um and I just happened to have it on my television one day, and it was just a lot. And I, I know that gospel artists, preachers, and things like that are human just like I am. They put their clothes on the same way I do. At the end of the day, I just think certain things should not I shouldn't be privy to certain things as a you know, regular person about what's going on behind closed doors in your marriage or you know, in your home or anything like that, because it you know, makes it a little bit harder for me to listen to you as an artist to know, especially if you're negatively reacting, cursing, cursing people out, you know, cursing this one out and stuff like that. Like, I'm not really here for it. So, yeah, the only person I would even care about would be to Kaylin. I know because she's gonna be Shirley Caesar on there. Everybody on else, there I don't care. Laying hands on everybody. <laughs> I know. I just really hope that. It goes well, but we know reality shows really don't. They lie and cut stuff out and put a mashup of what they want shown. So I think it's important for own just to try to expose the gospel industry. Not saying, you know what I mean? Try to catch people slipping. But, Mm -hmm. you know, moving on. So uh, we had this old mother who's, I call her old mother, I'm sorry. So we have a 70-year-old who releases her first a gospel album out in Mobile, Alabama. All right, now. So, uh, Sister Aura Sylvester is 70 years old, and she just released her first gospel album called More Like Him. So she said it took... <laughs> she said it took... Um, precedence a personal decision a personal decision that I, that she was going to do it um and that she was going to accomplish it she pressed forward and there it was uh she partnered with a uh, music producer luther harris he took her vision and made it come to life and he said that it was mind-blowing the age that she is to move and persevere she gets around better than young people out here and they just, you know, hyping her up. So, you know, for all y'all mothers out there who always wanted a gospel album, don't give up. Stay encouraged. And this could happen for you. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Love to see it. Yes, yeah, Sister Sylvester. You know, sometimes you do you just want to hear that old church mother in the corner sound. And mm-hmm. it just takes you to a good place. So it brings yeah, you back. No, I think it's needed. It's definitely needed. Remember that older lady from Sunday's Best, the first season? Sherry, what's her name? Sherry Addison? Yes. Yeah. yeah, she was good. Was. All right. And last thing, you know, like science stuff. So um, um, a psychiatrist has been studying the art of speaking in tongues. So <laughs> in the Bible, we know it as glossolalia. Okay. As it's called, 
and it's found in the Pentecostal Charismatic Christian Sects. Okay, um, so psychiatrist Andrew Newberg of the University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia and his colleagues recruited five African-American women who belonged to a local Pentecostal congregation, all had been in the habit of speaking, in the habit of speaking in tongues, okay, <laughs> almost on a daily basis for the past five years. Uh, they ain't stay long enough. Let me stop. Uh, said Newberg. And as a control, <laughs> as a control activity, subjects stood. So they had some subjects stand and just sing gospel songs with um, musical accompaniment, moving their arms and swaying. And then they, the five, were asked to uh, repeat the behavior. But this time, the researchers encouraged them to speak in tongues rather than sing. So um, in each case, the scientists gave the subjects uh an intravenous injection of radioactive of a radioactive tracer that provided um, a freeze frame of what happens in the brain and what areas of the brain are most active during this behavior hmm. as it, it was indicated by increased blood flow. Glossolalia uh, produced a significant, significantly different pattern of brain activity than singing. The scientists said the part of the brain that normally makes them feel in control has been essentially shut down. Uh, another notable change uh, was that there was an increased activity in the parietal region, the part of the brain that uh, takes sensory information and tries to create a sense of self and how you re relate to the rest of the world. And it says the findings make sense, says Newberg, because speaking in tongues involves relinquishing control while gaining a very intense experience of how the self relates to God. Interestingly, he notes that... Um, Glossolalia responds, well, their responses were uh, the opposite of those who were in more of a meditative state. Uh, when the people meditate on a particular sacred object, Newberg has found that their frontal lobe activity increases while their parietal activity goes down. So this confirms that the that the notion, sorry, I'm taking so long, but this confirms <laughs> with the notion that in meditation, one has a controlled focus while losing a sense of self whereas speaking in tongues doesn't isn't isn't a control function and you are still losing yourself so in other words science proves that because when you speak in tongues you're not using the language sensors you're using something else which is a more sensible lobe so that just shows oh, the supernatural hey, power of god hey, thank you Lord. which means i'm going to be injecting everybody to make sure they're not using their frontal lobe <laughs> I'm like, are you saying, huh? Speak your tongues right now. Oh, gosh. If that's how we have to prove it now, okay. Uh, hey, I got to make sure you're not using your language senses and that you're using your parietal load. Are you in meditation or are you in good? Right. <laughs> but I'm going to close on that note. Uh, I think that was pretty cool. Hey, man, y'all like that. Yeah. And sorry, that concludes the church announcements. <laughs> Amen. So normally the key thing that we talk about is apostolics is be ye separate. We got to be different. We got to be detached. And so um, I want us to dive into that conversation, but from a different perspective, instead of just being separated from the world, I wanted us to talk about times and situations where we have to separate from saints. And I don't know, should we start off with the scriptures or should we just start off yeah. with 
Okay, okay. <laughs> a word of God comes first. <laughs> All right, so let's start with the word. So I, I gave you guys a few, like, I, I found three instances. That I didn't read. So no, I read, <laughs> I read them. I read them. No, I read them. <laughs> I found three instances where it was kind of like two saints or people who were of the same beliefs. I guess they started off with the same beliefs. And then basically they had to separate. So the first one in Genesis 13, 5 through 13, and that's basically the story of Lot and Abraham. As we know, like Lot is Abraham's nephew. Abraham was called by God to leave his country, takes Lot. And um, basically they come to a place where the herdsmen in both of their um, groups start arguing, creating disruptions. And Abraham's just like, okay, Lot, you choose a side and whichever side you go, I'm going to go the opposite direction. We should separate. Um, and so they decided to separate in that instance. And then... I think the key part of that verse is after they separate, that's when we hear God speaking to Abraham and telling him the ultimate promise. Uh, you can count the stars. That's going to be your your legacy. That's going to be your seed. Did you guys have anything you want to say about that type of separation? I mean, he wasn't supposed to bring that anyway. But anyway, <laughs> but God's mercy and grace. <laughs> I don't know that I have anything to really like add to that. Um, I, I have more to add in the numbers and acts. Um, we're talking about Paul and Barnabas and talking about Moses and numbers. But as far as like Abraham and Lot, like I don't really have much to say other than sometimes you do guys got to part ways in order to really, you know, be prosperous. Sometimes you got to let you got to go separate ways with people. You can't always take people, you know, to the level that you're trying to go. Say everybody's not going to go there with you. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that, Ron? <laughs> what made you come to that scripture? So I came to that scripture because I think it it gives a few things. So first, we, we can assume that because they were family, they shared similar values. Even in the New Testament, there's the reference of um, if you don't forsake your mother and your brother, you know, like as pew babies, we were taught by people who were grown in church to attend church. But sometimes our walk even calls for us to be removed from them and um, come into that knowledge. Abraham had a separate rate from Lot. And then later on, we see in a few verses after that, Lot had to separate from his wife, even though they were one flesh. <laughs> Lot's wife, she decided to look back and get caught up in that world and she wasn't fully in tune with where Lot was trying to go and for based off of Abraham's prayers. So I, I think that's why I looked at that is because a lot of times, even as pew babies, I don't think we think about separating from saints, also meaning the saint can be your family members. But anyway. I like that story. No, because I didn't, um, I just realized that, or that I was like, oh yeah, they were family when you said that. And I was like, well, yeah, this story definitely is a great depiction of how you do have to separate from family, even though you, even though y'all are walking the same path and y'all are following the same God, definitely. So I definitely see why you use this. I was like, my mom's like, why is she bring this up? <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, okay. All right, girl. I see you. Yeah. <laughs> My question to you is have you ever had to you don't have to say no names, but ever had to separate from some people in y'all's families or considering it or Yeah, no, I've I've had to. Um uh, sometimes just because sometimes like even with family, you know, you might not always see, especially when it comes down to things things of God, you might not always see it the same. And when you don't see things the same, whatever. 
and you're living in the same household, but you're also worshiping in the same church that can, you know, put a strain on things, whatever. And sometimes, um, so I've had to do that before where, you know, I didn't necessarily see the same as, 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 you know, a couple people. And, you know, I had a different view on like things like, whereas and they were trying to put God in the box. I was like, I don't think he should be there you know, in this box. So I had to like try to find my way on my own instead of like always having to lean and depend on them to be my spiritual backing, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I, I think we have to get used to understanding that people's spiritual journeys are different just because they're um, even if they're family members, they tend to do this a lot with like preachers kids. If they're in church, we automatically assume that they should be the next leader or pastor or something. And that's not always the case. Everybody has a different calling. Everybody has a different walk. That's probably a discussion for another day. But as far as my personal life, I'm trying to think, like, even now, like, me and my family will have discussions about things that we've talked about on the podcast or just things in general. And we don't necessarily see eye to eye on everything. It doesn't mean that, like, I don't believe they're walking with Christ. And sometimes they're going through something different. One of my family members, they contacted me and was like, you know, I don't know if I want to go to church anymore. I still believe in Christ, but I don't know if I want to be with the body. And so we had a discussion about it, you know, and it wasn't a judgmental discussion, but it was just, I don't know, just everybody has a different walk. Yeah. And that's key. I think what you said about everyone having a different walk, we don't really teach that a lot in the church or amongst the family. Everyone's, I hate saying process. Because some people choose hard processes Mm -hmm. or, (laughs) you know, but, you know, everyone's spiritual journey is different. And I think it comes down to just knowing God for yourself at the end of the day and where you stand, especially as a pew baby growing up in the church. um, You really got to discover God for yourself and do the research and kind of solidify your faith because it's not like you don't believe in God. Well, I don't know. I can't speak for all pew babies. Some people don't. You know, some people don't really believe in God and who grew up in the church. So uh definitely that's important as for me my parents growing up I was separated from some of my family members because they weren't in the faith I didn't really have anyone in the faith that we had to separate from because of just Mm. differences but pretty much everyone was like outside the faith so I don't know if that counts I don't recommend that you keep your kids around and save people because of what they say what they can say or what they can expose your child to unnecessarily or just not knowing because they're just in the world. So anyway, yeah, I think that's, that's a whole different discussion. Too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. I know. Right now we're separated from states. I do forget. Sorry. Okay. (laughs) So let's move on to the next example. And that's in numbers. And you guys can correct me on what this guy's name is. It's like Korah or Korah. Korah is what I, what I thought. Okay. Cause like, it looks like it's spelled like Torah. So. Is it K-O-R-A-H? I think so. Then it's Cora. Okay. So Cora, he's a Levite and he gets a gathering of other Levites and other people within the congregation and they rise up against Moses and, and Aaron basically and create like an uprising. I've always seen or heard about the scripture, but I never read it for myself. Um, you guys should definitely go back and read it. 
It's Numbers 16. Just read the whole chapter because it's all good. But basically, Moses talks to God and he's like, God, show these people that they're being in a spirit of rebellion. And am I wrong? Your face? And then he opened up the ground and basically people got sucked. Like Korah and his family mm-hmm. and those people followers got sucked in. And then what happened later on that was even crazier because there were people in the congregation who were still acting petty. <laughs> and God put a disease and a plague on them. And Aaron had to basically offer a whole different sacrifice for those people that remained in the congregation. That whole story was interesting because it reminded me of things that I've seen in today's church. And thank God we're not under the law of Moses anymore, that we are under grace, because just imagine the things that would happen to us because I've seen these behaviors in today's church. You know, let's first examine the fact that you know, the people in the congregation did not, you know, want to accept Moses, you know, as their leader because they were just like, oh, he wasn't sent. And, you know, basically we're saying he's not anointed, he's false and things like that. Right. And you had people in the congregation. This is something that I, I was reading that kept silent about it. You know, they were silent and, and some, you know, silence is agreement in a way where if you can't stand up and say, no, that ain't right, you're not going to talk about the person that God, that God has put in his stead, but instead you're selling, you know, I'm not going to take sides and things like that. And you're just as guilty as the people that's saying those negative things. And that was one of the key things that stood out in that particular scripture was, you know, you had people that was like, you know, being silent, you had people that was rising up saying, well, this ain't, you know, sin. And you had people trying to paint Moses as this villain. Another key thing, you know, that I read within the scripture is, you know, trying to also say anybody can be called to to do Moses' job. Anybody can be called, you know, to to come up here and do. He ain't the only one. How many times have we heard that in church and cliques and stuff like that amongst the saints? She ain't the only one that can usher. She ain't her. Clap ain't the only one that can do praise and worship. Somebody else can do it too. And a lot of times what I also read is that God will put those kind of people in those positions as chastisements to let them know that this position is not as what you think it is. And so in in the scriptures, God wasn't looking for uh, Moses to be a perfect leader, Mm -hmm. but he was looking for him to be his leader, whatever. That was who he chose. He wasn't called him to be perfect. He just called him to lead those people and those people. And when God calls you to do something, if other people can't get behind it and things like that, you know, don't worry. If he calls you to do it, it's going to get done. You know, you don't got to worry about the people. God going to take care of that. And unfortunately, he took care of it by opening up the ground, you know, and sending a plague. And like I said, just thank God that we're under grace, whatever God gives us grace and even the negative things that we have said about leadership, even where we may sit at now and things that we've said even about people that's in other leadership positions. I'm sorry, Mina. No, that was good. Yeah, man. I think this is happening, like Mike said, today. Um, and I mean, we name, I don't know if they get in the plagues. I don't know. But like, I mm, think people the, the, are dying. Spiritually dying, I think. Mm. Um, <laughs> and physically dying some, but spiritually dead because they're not submitting to uh, who God has put in place. And everyone, the Bible talks about not being wise in your own eyes. And that's definitely what happened here, despite of all that journey, the lo- the whole journey that they had with Moses, you know, I don't not get what I want or I'm just questioning it. So I'm going to throw a temperature tantrum and we're going to just replace whoever. Like, no, Moses, God called Moses because he was meek. 
he's the most meekest. He is the meekest man that ever lived. That's mm-hmm. what the Bible says. So it's like he was called for a reason because of his heart, you know. Um, so I mean, look, saints, they they were just out of order. Don't be out of order. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> because we gotta remember that rebellion is rebellion can equate to stubbornness and stubbornness is idolatry and then before you know it your heart your whole heart has been turned away by what you think and feel is right and um rebellion is witchcraft and you see what happened absolutely uh, there are a few verses that stood out to me number 1621 separate yourselves from this congregation that i may consume them in a moment at some point god might say this congregation is not for you or this group of people in this congregation is not for you. And to do that in church, I think a lot of times, like we still have that awkward situation when we deal with people in church and then there's an issue with us and we don't know how to interact. And sometimes you just got to not, not leave your body, not leave the church that you're attending, but you do have to leave your group because Mm -hmm. if you're caught with that group, God might consume them quickly and you don't want to be caught in the crossfires that like, Cora and his followers, their family was taken in that too. It wasn't just him, <laughs> everybody, his relatives. At all. And so I, I think that's a really good warning. Like sometimes there's people within the congregation that we have to separate from. Or a whole congregation. <laughs> or a whole congregation, right. Or a whole congregation. You'd be surprised what kind of divisive spirits sit within congregations sometimes. Right. And that's why, like, as I was reading it, whatever, like, you've seen, uh, like, a lot of these congregations, because a lot of times you think about it, and I think you just had this discussion on our episode about the Shepherd's Church, mm-hmm. but you think about it sometimes, like, say if you have, you know, you're in a church, leader passes on, you know, passes away, you get another leader that's standing in God's stead, and before you know it, you know, you have a church full of people where he ain't called, and he ain't the one that's supposed right. to be here, things like that. If that man, you you are you sit in a very dangerous position, and um, I was just discussing the scripture with my dad this evening, and you sit in a very dangerous position. Even if the man of God was is wrong or has done something wrong, it's not your job to criticize that or to correct that. Because you stand in a very dangerous position coming against God's anointed or those that He has chosen to stand in His stand. Why you know you see people in church, and I hate to say it, but I am going to say it. You see people in church that get sick. You see people, you know, in these in these bad positions because they don't know how to keep their mouth closed and keep their mouth out of out of God's business. I'm gonna put it like that. They don't know how to keep their mouth out of God's business. So next thing you know, they're sick. They're on their bed of affliction. Oh, y'all pray for me. We're gonna pray, but we remember when you were messy. We remember when you had so many crazy things to say about the man of God. We remember that, and God didn't forget. And we hope that he has mercy on your soul, but you have to go back and remember what fruit did you bear? What seed did you plant that has caused you to be in the predicament that you're in now? Yeah. Bishop C. I used to always say the thing, the quickest thing to kill a preacher is the spirit of rejection. And that's within the congregation, the congregation not receiving the shepherd that God put over them. I, I think I think this just reigns true that at the end of the day, if God put him in that position, you have to follow. And at that point, forget the congregation, <laughs> go with Moses, go with Aaron, go with the called. Anyway, sorry, there was one more scripture part that kind of stood out to me, and that was number 16, 9 through 10. And this is basically where Moses is like talking to Korah, and he's like, you know, you guys are brothers and sons of Levi. 
God called the Levites to a special position. And, and Moses is reminding him that God separated you from the people, from the congregation to bring himself near to you to do service. And you want the priesthood also. He's basically like, not only do you want the role that God pulled you from and the special role that God gave you to serve him, but you want somebody else's role too. And Sounds like Satan to me. It's a selfishness. It's a greed that's coming out of it. Yeah, you want to take other people's positions. And I, I think that's a really good warning as well, that there's a greediness that, um, and Mike, you've said it a couple of episodes too, where there's like selfish saints or selfish leadership, selfish, just the selfishness, spirit of selfishness in the church. And like this greediness within the church to be in everybody else's lane, but yours. And God has already made you special and he already gave wow. you a service that is important. And instead of concentrating on that service, you want to take do that and more. And I think we have to be careful of that. It's the same exact thing Lucifer did. It's just a, it's just a repeat. <laughs> the pride. Everybody think they can do it better. Or try to grab the power that wasn't even... They don't even realize what they have. Some people just don't realize what they have. But anyway, I digress. Amen. That's another topic. Um, The last one is an axe. And this is the story of Paul and Barnabas. And I don't know if, if one of you guys want to discuss it or explain it. Go ahead, Mike. That was burning his spirit. I see. <laughs> no. Well, basically, there was Paul and Silas and Barnabas and um, Mark, John the Mark. John Was it John Mark? Yeah, mm-hmm. John they were all in in ministry together. And uh, basically, there was some differences between Paul and Barnabas where, you know, it wasn't clear whether these were on doctrinal issues, but it's kind of given that they had more personal issues, more so than doctrinal issues when it came down to their grievances, whatever. So Paul and Silas, they just decided, hey, we're going to go our separate ways. Paul and Silas went their separate ways. Barnabas and John Mark went their separate ways to do ministry. And what I thought about when I read the scripture was, you know, um, sometimes you have to agree to disagree. You know, mm-hmm. um, when you're talking about, especially with saints in church, you got to agree to disagree because, again, I can't explain it enough. You know, sometimes everybody is not going to be on the same playing field. But I also thought about it, too, how many times and, and I don't know why I thought about organizations. Yeah, I was reading this scripture. I was about to say, but (laughs) I thought about church organizations. Like you think about it, like even as apostolic people, we have so many church organizations, and it's because all of these splits is because of these little minor issues. And I thought about that when I was reading about you know Paul and Silas and Barnabas and stuff, how they went separate ways over these small issues because they clearly all had a same common belief. But there was these little small personal issues. And how many of of these small personal issues have caused the body of Christ to split, you know, that have caused the body of Christ to go their separate ways and to form all of these little organizations and things like that? Because, oh, well, we right over here. Y'all wrong. No, we right over here. Y'all wrong. So they went their separate ways, whatever. And, you know, I also thought about this perspective. I've gotten so many perspectives from this particular scripture. Um, even with Paul aside, sometimes I often wonder, because in the next chapter over in chapter 16, you know, it's Paul and Silas when they go to jail. And so I often wonder, had, had, had they still all been together and all gone to jail, would they have survived? Like, Paul and Silas survived that night or would they had all, you know, died in there because they had their differences and they weren't going to be on one accord in Mm -hmm. order to get out of the jail. 
So it, it made me think like sometimes like, you know, God will, you know, get you out of certain situations, any out of these certain clicks, out of these certain groups, whatever, in order to elevate you to a different level in him that you'll be able to, you know, get out of bondage and, you know, get out of all of these other things. So that's what I got out of it. I like that. Immediately it became like you have to separate in order to maintain the unity. Mm-hmm. And like, that's, I, I think that's a really key concept. So, um, and I just want to make sure people know what scriptures we're talking about. So Acts 13, 21, um, and also Acts 15, 36 through 40. And I was um, on Acts 15, 36 through 40. I'm sorry, you guys. <laughs> right, right. But Acts 13, 21, that's basically the part where they prayed and, you know, they laid hands on them and God spoke and was like, go your separate ways. And then we hear more of the story fleshed out in Acts 15. But Clap, do you have any comments on this story? Um, I think Mike hit it on the head with that. Um, Even like with the background knowledge, you know, with John Mark, who wrote the book of Mark, like he has a place in the Bible too, but yet, you know, they still split their ways. Like he said, sometimes you got to disagree to keep the peace. And I definitely agree that I agree with that. And I don't think I don't think we do that currently. We're so quick to bash each other mm-hmm. when we don't agree or turn the other cheek or turn our heads to people and really downgrade other organizations. Hence, <sighs> like those are the Congress incident. <clears throat> but anyway, <laughs> but no, like stuff like that, like it, it, it messes up the body of Christ and further divides and. Did you not read Acts 15? You know, did you not read the Bible? Did you not look into it? I mean, I don't, for me, I don't get it. Like, it's not mature to do that. So it's kind of like, when will we see that we all have individual, we have, we're same, we're a part of the same ministry with individual um, perspectives of where God is calling us to preach to, because your message or your doctrine may not reach that specific person over there. It may take someone who has a revelation on, I don't know, or something else in order to minister to that person for them to come into the faith. Yet the foundations are the same. So I think we need to just mature in that aspect. Some of us, some of us are there. Some of us aren't. Yeah, no, I, I think reading that gave me more hope because I I was definitely that person in mindset that like, if you're not believing the way I believe or you're not fellowshipping with me, then something's wrong with you. And very cliquish in my Typical own way. Typical Pew baby. Trainer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> A typical Pew baby. Like if you're not part of our team, then you're on the opposite team in that competition, mm. that verses that we talked about. Um, but the fact that God's spirit was with them and told them to separate And they were still going about and doing ministry. And so it was still for the purpose of Christ. And like we said, like we said before, you can separate and still maintain the unity. They're still one in spirit. They're still one in the body, but they have to do the work separately because of that issue. And that issue doesn't stop God from moving and it doesn't stop the message from being made. So it made me comfortable a little bit more with having so many organizations because even though um, I, I, I'm going I'm to I'm say this and then I have a follow up. OK, the first thing is, even though we have so many organizations, that doesn't mean that they're not ministering the way they need to. Mm-hmm. But I think right. that what we need to do is have that idea trickle down, because what's happened is because of the separation, we do look at people and say, you're not a part of us. And we can't fellowship or we can't do X, Y, and Z, or they're not true believers. They're not like us. And I think that's something that we have to combat 
because God will separate you over those small little things, but that doesn't mean God's spirits left. Amen to that. So I just have some like final wrap up questions because we've been talking about personal walk and we've been talking about separating from saints. I wanted to ask you guys generally, have you ever experienced like loneliness in your Christian walk? You know, we talked about leaving family. We talked about sometimes you have to leave a congregation. Sometimes you have to leave the people you're doing ministry with or the organization. So have you ever experienced loneliness in your walk? And how did you handle that? I've definitely experienced loneliness, you know, in my walk, whatever, because sometimes like you can be so used to doing, you know, things a certain way. You could be so used to going to church with family. You could be so used to, you know, having your same friends at church, whatever. But also, you can also experience a loneliness and people be right there all around you. And Mm -hmm. I've experienced that where, you know, yes, I got people around me, but, you know, I can't necessarily talk to them about the things of God or we can't have a wholesome conversation about the things of God because you all, they're, they're so carnal. And yet it's hard to connect with people that's thinking the same way I am, that's, you know, spiritual minded. Because everybody in church ain't, ain't spiritual minded. Let's right. just come on. You know, you got a lot of carnal minded people that are in church and you'll find that out when you, you know, go sit down with them in Carolina Kitchen after Sunday morning service. I don't care how high the service was. You know, you sit down with them, you find out how carnal they are and that they're not spiritual. So, and Carolina, Carolina Kitchen ain't all that. Ooh, okay. Let's not go for Carolina Kitchen. Yeah, they be hitting when I can't get to the, the real spot. My mama cooking. <laughs> but um, you can, I've experienced loneliness just people being right there, like around you, because when you realize that people aren't, you know, are fluff in so many words, whatever they put on this facade in church. They're really good at acting and they're good at the theatrics. But when it comes down to the real things of God, when you're trying to pursue that in your own heart and that's not necessarily them, you I've experienced, you know, feeling that loneliness, you know, there within myself. And it's kind of like, you just kind of sit back and be like, Lord, like you're going to have to help me. You're going to have to, you know, continue to guide me because all these people around me, but yet I still feel lonely in my walk. So. And then he met the pew babies and then his life changed. (laughs) (laughs) I'm annoying. Don't, don't agree with that. Anyway. I mean, for me, I felt lonely all my life. Oh my God. No, I, I mean, personally, like even through school, like I just remember when I got saved at nine, I promise you, like it felt like I was alone through that time because I'm like, OK, uh, I'm the only one who's like wearing a skirt in the whole school. Like, you know, what I mean, mm-hmm. just you like all of that goes through your mind. And then after after a while, you kind of like whatever. And then you become a pew baby to Pharisee pipeline in that process. But <laughs> for a good thing, it helped me get through school. It helped me be confident in myself. I got kicked out of the popular group in like third grade. I was so mad. Uh, I think I told that story before on here. I was just so mad. I was like, man, I could have been popular with the popular girls. And God was like, nope. So I had to go over here, hang out with the nerds. Then I got rejected from them, rejected from everybody. And God was like, stop trying to fit in. And I was like, okay. So, I mean, as a kid, I mean, as I look back on it, I didn't realize it, but, you know, it felt like a lonely journey. Even though I had friends there who are now in the faith, go figure, um, Mm -hmm. that I've known since elementary school who were watching me the whole time. I didn't know. But it was a reason why I wasn't associated with those specific crowds. They didn't see me associated with those certain crowds. I mean, I would, you know, 
you say hi, you, you know, but I didn't hang, hang with them. So um, even through high school, I hated high school, but not like because I was like picked on anything. I just didn't. My mindset was not there. Like I was just like, OK, let me get through this. I'm not trying to engage in in with anything. You know, I do a couple of events here and there, you know, mm-hmm. to be active. But I wasn't really there. And it just was like, uh, then I just went to college and I really felt like I was alone. So I was like, look, Laura, what are you doing? Like, what are you trying to show me? At that point, I was more so like, all right, Lord, I'm going to seek you for myself and see what's going on. You know, because growing up, I don't know, they, for me, they tell, you, you know, pray to the Lord. And, but like, how do you really, really seek the Lord with all your heart, all your mind, consecrate yourself? So, you know, I was fasting, doing everything just to really, you know, I'm rambling. I'm sorry, y'all. You're like, girl, oh, no, no. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, it, it, I realized, you know, as I got older, like to this stage now, like I realized, like, you know, I felt like I had a, a an illusion of loneliness, even though, you know, I felt alone. Mm-hmm. I just had to reflect and be like okay, God was like, but I had my angels there, you know, protecting you, you know, they were fighting on your behalf, just like, you know, we read in the story of Daniel, like of how we have like angels that take charge over over us and that minister to us during that whole time to keep me afloat. And I didn't even notice. So it's just like, even now I have moments where I'm like, kind of like Elijah, like, even though Elijah wasn't the only prophet left, he thought he was. (laughs) But God was like, no, I have some hidden, some more prophets hidden in the cage cave back over here like you're not the only one and it's just like keep reminding myself like you know I'm not alone in this I have people I know a lot of people I know the pew babies plus other people yeah. <laughs> that I've met along the way you know who are walking the same journey and like Mike said even with like in the church I mean I encountered the carnal Christians and then you encountered the other Christians who don't think about the Bible like they just repeat it like a robot they don't have a mind. And it's like, all right, at this point, like, oh, that's all you know. You can quote a scripture, but did you understand the meaning of that? No. Like, you can run into those Christians, and it's just annoying. That's annoying and frustrating because you can't go deep or think abstractly about the word of God. That's what mm-hmm. I don't like. Because then it's like, okay, you're just repeating what you hear off the pulpit, but you never really researched. You never really did the study. You never really did the exegesis. Why are you like, I'm just one of those people. But I don't know if you guys encountered that in a church. It's just, yeah. it's annoying. It's like talking to a brick wall. Yeah, I've definitely been there. There was one thing that you reminded me of, Clap, while you were talking. And that's this idea from sociology. There's this um, sociologist, his name is Charles Cooley. And he came out with this idea of the looking glass self. And it's the understanding that a lot of times we perceive ourselves based off of how we are around other people and how we perceive people to think about us. So we're constantly judging ourselves based off of judgments we think people are giving. I, I think that's something I definitely struggled with growing up, like constantly being watched, constantly felt like I have to act a certain way in church or monitoring how I acted in church because my family was leadership in church. And so I couldn't do a certain thing. And I was kind of um, basing my walk off of how people expected me to act as a Christian or how people expected me to act as an apostolic, not really understanding that I shouldn't be looking at how other people perceive me, but how God perceives me. Come and I on, think that God word. puts me 
in places I've been in several instances and I call them wilderness experiences. And we've talked about them plenty of times on this podcast, but I think God puts me in those wilderness experiences so that I get a glimpse of you have to be by yourself. So that way you can understand how I view you and you can go to the scripture as the looking glass rather than other people. And I mean, we tend to do it. We do it with social media. We do it with all kinds of things. We're always constantly looking for we're putting ourselves out there looking for feedback and adjusting. And I think instead of doing that with people, we need to do that with Christ, you know, put yourself before the Lord and adjust based off of the word and what he reveals to you. And that's something I'm still learning how to do. And so I have experienced loneliness (laughs) and at the time I hated it so much. I didn't like the fact that I was separated from my family when I first moved here to Wilmington. I didn't like the fact that I had to leave a church that I felt like I had a church family with and come to a place where I had to figure out and find a new church. It just felt like I was very isolated from everyone. And like in that moment, um, that's when I had my, like, I told you guys before about like panic attacks and stuff like that. Cause I was constantly judging myself on how I thought other people wanted me to act or like how my job wanted me to act. And I had to get to a place where I was like, okay, God, (laughs) help me get back to me. And getting back to me means getting back to you and finding that grounding. So yeah, that got really a lot, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I I think we've been on here for a while and I don't want us to go too long, but do you guys have any final thoughts on this topic of separating from saints or dealing with loneliness as a Christian. I do want to add something to, we were talking about Numbers chapter 16. Um, I just want to add one quick thing. They're looking at me, y'all. They're looking at me. I don't know who needs to hear this, um, but when I thought about, you know, how um, Moses was was sent there, you know, to lead those people and, you know, they gave him a lot of backlash. And But when God places you somewhere, I don't know who, is trying to get somewhere in, in their ministry or, you know, whatever it is, whatever. But I want to leave with this, you know, if God has placed you or given you an assignment to do, do it, just do it. And people going to talk negative. People are going to have, you know, a lot of things to say. People, there's always going to be a naysayers. There's always going to be a people that is going to say anybody can do it. What is he doing? What is she doing? But if God has given you an assignment, don't get discouraged in that assignment just because people are going to give you that are giving you that negative backlash. You should be more fearful when people are always praising you, you know, versus, you know, pe- people that are giving you the negativity and giving you a lot of pushback. A lot of times when you're getting the pushback, there's something that you're doing right, whatever, that people are intimidated by, especially the enemy that he's intimidated by. So he's going to use the very people that, you know, supposed to be following your lead in order to discourage you and throw you off course. So I just wanted to leave with that. Um, since we talked about Numbers chapter 16, so. Amen. You better speak in the prophetic to whoever is listening. Right. You said, I don't know where you are right now. You may be in your car. You may be in a hospital bed, but I want to tell you this right now. <laughs> you feel one of those. <laughs> Wherever you are. Wherever you are. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, I, I made a face when Ron <laughs> Uh, said do we have anything to recap on what we just said because she added the loneliness portion in there and I was like that's a whole separate yeah that's true that's true that's a, <laughs> that's different a whole separate I'm like whoa Valentine's uh, but, Day episode 
Oh, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much no but um yeah i totally agree with that and um even during this time i just reflected just now because i was like i feel lonely now only because like when god is pulling you somewhere just do it like no matter what people say what people you know may have to express about it just you know where the peace of your heart rules and mm-hmm. if you don't have any peace and you're not using that holy ghost that you have you know you, you i'm this is i'm just coming from a place where you're i'm assuming that you're praying and fasting and doing what you need to do now you know because right. we can lean on our emotions sometime and think it's the holy ghost i'm talking about those out there who who, who really doing it for real say that and you know what god has told you you know what god has showed you and you know where God is leading you. And sometimes you can take people with you. I've done, I've made the mistake of trying to fellowship with people. I was that, I was trying to fellowship with congregations or fellowship with a group of people, you know, that seemed right. They were doing the right things, but God is like, no, I want you over here. I have you doing something else over here. And I'm trying to build something up in you, you know, um, not to be, you know, anything, you know, I'm not, we're not trying to be like at the top. No, it seems like you was the Abraham in that situation. Whatever, for real though, because I was like, Lord, and I knew I wasn't supposed to be with these people because I was like, Lord, they, you know, they're preaching the foundation. He was like, mm. they weren't doing the full thing. I knew that, but I was like, well, maybe I can help them. You know, we get into this. No, so God had to pull me out from under that thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God had to pull me out of that thing and be like, look, they're not going where you go. And God was like, let the dead bury their dead. You don't stay under that because they're hindering your progress, your purpose. Yeah. And you're, you're going to become stagnant like them. Do you want to be like them? You know, and I was like, you know what? Let me just go over here because I don't want to be 50, 60, 70 years old outside the will of God. No. <laughs> so, yes. you know, it's it's we really got to utilize our connection with God the way we're supposed to. And he will guide your paths, period. The word of God says that you see Jesus, you know, the father. That's the that's the most ultimate thing you can do is just learn about God and have the knowledge of God because that's the knowledge of your life, of your destiny, of your purpose, so you can fulfill it. Improve what is good, acceptable, and perfect in his will. Like that's what we're here for. No, absolutely. And and you brought up something I shared it in the group chat, but um me and my brother were having a conversation about this. He was showing me some artists that was talking about something I don't know but anyway I was just like you know I've gotten to a point where I'm just trying to stay hot for Christ and I can't be around people that are cold and I can't be around people who are lukewarm because hot and cold makes you lukewarm hot and lukewarm makes you lukewarm (laughs) and anything that's not fire anything that's not hot can't be around me because you're going to mess me up. You're going to throw me off course. You're going to get me mixed up in things that I'm not trying to be in. And that's not the will. We are in the last days, y'all. Like we are at the time where God is really about to come. And I just cannot be caught up and I don't want to be spewed from his mouth. So honestly, like meet me when you get the fire. Meet me (laughs) when you are hot. And if not, we got to separate. And it's okay. It's okay for us to be separate until you get, get yourself up. There's like a meme 
that had like a girl and she was sitting at a high place and this boy was like standing next to it. And he was like, hey, she's like, hey, he's like, come down here. And she's like, come up here. And he was like, I can't. And she was like, well, okay. I like, and we talk about that as far as relationships, but we don't talk about that in a spiritual mindset. You know, people need to start coming up to us. We keep trying to mingle and witness to people on their level but instead Uh let's become more spiritual and have them step up. You know what I mean? So, um, and I think a lot of times that's why God pushes us to be separate. He pushes us to be annoying in a different place of these people (laughs) so we can enter the promise. But this is the thing is that we need to have spirit. There has to be somebody who's the spiritual leader in the situation. There has to be the Abraham that can pray for a lot to come out. There has to be the Paul and Cyrus Silas situation that can release everybody from the prison. Like you have to get to that place. You have to be the Moses at some point and leave people out. Like you got, you got to get there. And leave those microwave sinks alone. Amen. Mm. That's the title. <laughs> that pre-packaged <laughs> saints, pre-packaged saints, leave them alone. <laughs> but yeah, like we, it's time for us to heat up. It's time for us to be, be the fire that God is at looking for us to be and having Not people. Do you want better? Up. Yeah. <laughs> Let me preach. Let me give I'm you the here mic. for it. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, she used that scripture. I love that scripture. Even like you got to be had a cold. Or if you're Luke Vaughn, he's going to spew you out of his mouth. I mean, I'd rather, if you cold, be cold. Like, on a hot day, I want, what What you want? Do you want some hot tea? No, I want a cold drink. On a cold day, I want, you know, I just said that. Did I say that? On a cold day, you want a hot drink. Yeah, yeah. on a cold day, you want a hot drink. So, like, but if you giving me lukewarm on a hot day or lukewarm on a cold day, I'm, that's nasty. I don't want that mess. And it's stagnant. What the heck? Stagnant water is usually just stagnant water. Don't be stagnant. Please, y'all. Either or. That's all I'm saying. Just either or. Even y'all cold saints out there. Uh, I ain't gonna name no organizations. Say like, no. <laughs> no. No, no, no. We're not, not doing that. Not no, we're not doing that. <laughs> not that again. I'm not. See, we don't do that on here. We get canceled immediately. <laughs> We ain't do that on. Yeah, not- I'm not doing an apology. I'm not writing. A I'm not doing an apology. I said what I said. No, 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 no. <laughs> all right, we got the music ministry. Music guys. ministry. <laughs> oh, we gonna be on here all night. Praise God, everybody. You know, I've, this mm. conversation, I've I've enjoyed it. My God, I have truly enjoyed it today. Uh, we're gonna move to the music ministry uh, this week. What have you all been listening to? I can go first. Um, Darren Farmer, be with me. I've been serving for a long time, and I'm not going to give up, because he promised me he would be with me. I've been serving for a long time, and I'm not going to give up, because he That quartet stuff, okay. That country, that backwater Mississippi. Uh, we love y'all, Mississippi. Be with me by Darren Farmer. Like I said, one of my friends put me on to quartet music, even though it's not my forte, but it was good. Um, Familiar by Madison Ryan Ward. I go 
hat. That Jimmy hat. <laughs> I have one more. Sorry. Oh, yes. Good. Goodbye, Red Hands. I think, Mike, you mentioned them before from Instagram. You're still good. Yeah. You're still God. You're still good. You're still God. You're still good. You're still God. You're still good. You're still God. Um, but they have this like really nice funky kind of groove. Um, they featured PJ Morton in one of their songs. I, I like PJ Morton's sound, but he doesn't always sing gospel, so it's good to find artists that kind of have that mellow sound, but are Christian. But anyway, that's my songs for this week. Okay, I only have like three songs. Well, I've been in like a merry, merry mood slash like wine is phase two uh, this week. A little bit of Tone in there. Just really random. It's gonna play a little bit just for a day, but one is phase two. When I think of all the things you've done for me, it brings a smile to my face. And so I close my eyes to suddenly see memories of my sweetest days. Sweetest days. That is that back in the day jam. Then I got a little bit of Tony in there. Uh, this is my friend. It's a little jam. My father, my father, my sister, my friend. Love the reason I like it. My brother, both find a job, find my friend. I don't have a life without you. My father, my mother, my sister, my friend. So that's my little jam. And then, of course, I got to throw a little Mary Mary in there because i just been shuffling the incredible. Y'all remember this, Jay? Yes. <laughs> I can't believe you chose someone like me when I, I've done nothing to deserve it. No, I feel so blessed because you give me your best. Your love is nothing less than incredible. Like, I was like, yo, what? Was, he need to do an album with us. All <laughs> Q baby album one. Yeah, way back. <laughs> oh lord. Yeah. So rem- reminisce. That's like high school. What was that? Back in like oh I don't know. That was back in the day. I thought it was tight on the school bus. I can't with me. Yeah, I do remember having my Walkman with my headphones playing that. Mm-hmm. I had the CD. Ah, y'all telling y'all age. <laughs> hey. right, who you got? Um, so I'm gonna take y'all back. I'm gonna take y'all back to church. Um, he always said y'all been cardinal, so let's get. <laughs> we gotta bring it we gotta bring it back in. No, uh my first the first song I want to play is True Praise. By Bishop Paul S. Morton. It's an old song, older song, um, but here it is True Brave.
So yes, that was True Praise uh, by Bishop Paul S. Morton. Oh, I like that. Send that uh, to off, me. Mm-hmm. That was nice. Yes, it's uh, off his album, uh, We Offer Christ. You probably guys yes, have probably heard this song. Yes, We Offer Christ to you. Um, second song I'm going to play, uh, Jason Claiborne, The Atmosphere Changes, just dropped their album today. Um, it's called God Made It Beautiful. But I'm going to play Bless That Wonderful Name, um, which was on the album. Here goes. Last song, I want to match y'all's energy tonight, but I'm going to take y'all back to 1999, Diedrich Hatton. <laughs> Which one? Oh, uh, let's see if I have the album. Chainbreaker, or whatever that was. I'm taking y'all back to Chainbreaker. <laughs> I might have already played this on the show, but I'm going to play it again. Um, if you know it, sing it along. That's when he was saved. You're going to hear it as soon as the, the beat drops. <laughs> Yes, that was anybody yes. here back to a time. Did you notice that the beginning sounds like we praise you? Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> it's probably sampled, but this is actually sampled. Um, this is sampled by an R&B song, I think. Uh, oh, R&B song that came out in the 70s. Um, I forgot the group, I think it's Jamaican Funk or either one of these other songs. I forgot the group, but the actual stop original song. Stop talking about yourself. Cut the bike, cut the bike. <laughs> Preserve his oh. witness. <laughs> Preserve the witness. <laughs> Our hymn this week is He Hideth My Soul. Mm. Um, and you had to be a pew baby to come up in the 70s, 80s, and 90s and know this hymn. But the song, the hymn says, A wonderful savior is Jesus my Lord, a wonderful savior to me. He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock, where rivers of pleasures I see. He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock that shadows a dry, thirsty land. He hideth my life in the depths of his love and covers me there with his hand. And covers me there with his hand. That was he hides in my soul. I was trying my best not to sing the song. I don't know that oh, one either. Yikes. <laughs> I didn't pass my it. parents, my parents are young. You had to come up in the 70s, 80s, you know, to remember that my one. My parents but, in um, their 40s. Oh Lord, you got young. Oh young my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're gonna turn this portion of the service back over to our executive producer, head missionary. In charge, Archbishop. Oh Lord, see the diocese in the diocese. Where is she? The south? No, the, this is the northern region. North. Yeah, she's region. in what, region, region, <laughs> region three, region oh, two. Oh Lord, okay, all right. 
<laughs> um, okay, so um, prayer requests, closing remarks. Pray for our strength and stamina in the Lord. <laughs> so we can continue to have a focus and driven mind to serve and to stay on track on our purpose and not listen to any congregations that we shouldn't be listening to, Oof. that we have the peace of God ruling of our ruling our hearts so we can know when to move, when to stop, when to be still, when to go, when to run, when to jump, and all those things. And just yeah, if you supposed to be, I just pray for the saints. If you feel like you need to separate from family, friends, that's the part of this walk. You're not the only one. It's a sacrifice. When you walk with Jesus, it's a sacrifice, but it's for the kingdom. And he's going to add riches and glory to that sacrifice that you present at his feet at the altar and throne of grace. Amen. Profile young people, y'all. Um, profile young people. I actually this morning heard in my where I live at, well, in my area that I worked up a shooting on Thursday. A 19-year-old boy was killed mm. um, in the parking lot of Dollar General. Uh, gang related. Wow. Uh, thankfully, the um, the perpetrators were caught. But keep, you know, our young people in in your prayers. Like, um, you know, the devil is out here on a rampage to try to, you know, take a lot of them out. Um, so keep them covered in your prayers. Uh, it was just like I was in. I don't even know if I shared it on the show. Maybe I might have shared it on the prayer conference call I'm on on Saturdays. Um, there, I was in the barbershop a couple of weeks ago, and there was a stabbing out there. Um, mm. Two people got fighting in the store, and someone got stabbed. Nobody was killed, but, y'all, we, you know, just keep, you know, young people, keep just people in general in prayer. You don't know when somebody's going to snap. You don't know when someone even wants to snap. And, and it pays to be nice and kind to people you don't know when somebody might be, you know, contemplating suicide. So let's just keep one another up in prayer, but keep our young people in prayer. Um, they're dealing with a lot out here and violence is not the answer. Suicide is not the answer. Opioids is not the answer. Alcohol is not the answer. But Jesus is the answer for this world. Today. Yes. Inside him, there's no other. Jesus is the way. Jesus, Jesus Woo, the way. That's the um, hymn for next week. Say that. Say that. <laughs> yes. Um, like I said before, just reiterating that looking glass, y'all. Let's use Christ as the mirror. Let's move closer towards him. Before we close, though, I did want, we didn't do this in the beginning, but Mike, who are you this week? <laughs> <laughs> So uh, a little thing about my name this week. So in 2017, I was diagnosed with keratoconus in my right, in my left eye, which means I'm legally blind in my left eye. So without these contacts, I can't really see. So my name this week is can't see seeing, but can smell it. So I might can't see seeing, but trust and believe I can smell it. <laughs> I'm dead. I, Lord, some of y'all smelling like sand. Jesus. <laughs> If you come around me, you've been in sin, I'm gonna know because I'm gonna be able because you know when your eyesight go out, your smell, your 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 smell get you know stronger. So I can smell when you've been in sin. So you know, just be careful. <laughs> you sound like one of old church mothers. Just be careful. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, because what it smell like? It smell like outside. I deal with people at work all the time. They smell like saying, You've been insane. Oh, you've been insane. I take a couple of sniffs. 
been in sin. Yeah. <laughs> smell like shame. You don't smell like in the temple. I got it. I got. I got the antidote for you. Amen. Jesus is the answer, like you said. Amen. <laughs> All right. Who wants to call clean? clean. Amen. Benediction. Let the words of my Let mouth. Let the words of my mouth. And the meditation of my heart. And the meditation of my heart. Be acceptable in thy sight. Be acceptable in thy sight. Oh Lord. Oh Lord. My strength. My strength. And my redeemer. And my redeemer. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love somebody else. And all it, I'm a pew baby.